Heart Eater podcast number 69. We got Ooh. a very, very sexy podcast for you tonight. So, pour yourself up by the fire, you know, relax, uh, pour yourself a drink, and, and, and just, yeah, let's, let's get right to it. Okay, so, so today our subject is uh, for this very special podcast, number 69. I, I can't believe we've done so many. Um, yeah, so our, our subject today is eroticism in games, you know, so, you know, sexy content, fan service, uh, sex itself, you know, mm. uh, yeah, let's see you know, how, how does it appear in games, you know, what's our experience with it, let's, let's get into it, uh, but first, a quick round of introductions, uh, I'm your host, Richmond, and uh, with me, we got a full house today, why don't you guys uh, introduce yourselves very quickly. Hey, I'm Sean. Uh, I'm usually here. I edit the podcast. Uh, I'm a creative director, UX director, interactive designer by trade. Uh, during the day, I lead design teams at NZXT, PC gaming company, um, X Blizzard, and also X uh, working with Richmond for a lot of our career on games, which was super mm -hmm. cool. And uh, working on like art eater things, like even in college. So, yeah. Let's talk about episode 69. We're very mature. <laughs> uh, well, I'm uh, James Stanley. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, I am a character designer, storyboard artist, comic book artist. I do a lot of stuff. Uh, I am also the resident fighting game expert at Art Eater, and uh, I am very interested to see where this episode goes, and uh, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> Hello everyone. Oh la la, this is Thomas, your uh, French lover and uh, uh, f favorite front-end web developer <laughs> speaking there. I'm very curious about where this is going to go <laughs> to, but uh, I, ho I sure hope I will be able to, to, to bring some French sexiness uh, that uh, the, the world, no, world um, advises. So yeah, let's go. Yeah, and that is absolutely going to happen. Would you know that he's bringing it? Uh, sup, everybody. <laughs> it's Adam. Pleased to be here once again. It's your favorite game, little designer, pixel artist, and also international taekwondo fighter. Back once again with the crew. This one's going to be a good one. Hold on to your butts and take a nice long breath. We are going to get into <laughs> the roots of eroticism in video gaming. So uh, let's, let's let's open it up. Let's talk about it. Right. I just want right. to point out that uh, he's already said but, and we haven't talked about. Yet, so. yeah. <laughs> I love how spicy we all are. Like, <laughs> going yeah. and, and and in the in the the, the 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 conduct of the podcast, we are going to like cold shower everyone at once yeah. <laughs> with the first subject yeah. that Sean is want to introduce, like, which is Fox News or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to say, like, so we 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 knew this podcast was on the horizon, right? We we knew, you know. This, uh, you know, that, that number 69 was coming up, and we thought, oh, yeah, it'd be real funny to do this. But then it's actually upon us, and we haven't really, like, discussed what we're going to talk about. We, we just kind of jumped right into it. Like, we, like we, we barely talked for a couple minutes at a time. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think this, this will be yeah, we're, uh, hopefully. We're going in raw, huh? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Yes, that, that. That is that's what's happening. Okay, okay. So we we apologize in advance, but it's not a real apology because it's gonna be fun. <laughs> okay, okay. 
So I thought to kick it off, I would ask you guys, um, what what is like the first time you remember like erotic content coming up in a game? You know, because it doesn't necessarily have to be sex. Like very few games actually um, have to pull off I, sex in that thing. Yeah. I remember being awkwardly confronted with it uh, at the awkward age of 12. Um, you know, I was very happy shooting and punching people. It was perfectly okay. Uh, cool world kind of entered my life, and I was like, man, sex is kind of cool. I don't know what it is, but like... This, this, I'm fascinated by it. And then... The Ralph Bakshi movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ralph Bakshi actually had a interesting but unironic influence on probably how I draw initially. Um, I'm sure there are like Bakshi-esque sketches somewhere in some old raggedy notebook uh, that I, that I had. But, um... Interestingly enough, the first game that I encountered that had this, or any sort of sexuality or eroticism, was Night Trap. Um, oh, and that's a notorious game. There yeah. is there is a lot said about this game at the time. Um, it was all over the news. It actually felt like video games were going to be just eliminated from existence because of this game. Um, it also kind of touched on some things that, you know, obviously can be seen as problematic. Uh, some of the themes were, like, violence against women, or at least it could have been taken that way, because I think in Australia the game was banned for that. So just to kind of, like, bring people up to speed who are not familiar with Night Trap, Night Trap was a game that came out in 1992. It was considered an interactive movie. Um, it was developed by Digital Pictures and published by Sega for the Sega CD. Um, if those who aren't familiar, Sega CD was very known for having what were called interactive video games with full motion video, which is probably eight frames per second of pixelated humans. Um, but it was kind of a fad and people were kind of into it and Night Trap, you know, really like embodied this whole like full motion video experience and the game was about, uh, you were basically, as a player, you were observing... God, this is weird to say it, but you were observing teenage girls having a sleepover, uh, you know, in a house which, unbeknownst to them, was infested with vampires. Um, so it was like a very slasher horror film kind of like vibe to it, but uh, very voyeuristic. And for that time, eroticism and sexuality in video games was not very common. So it was basically by itself in a way and uh, a lot of attention was pulled to it and uh, I just remember seeing it and I was just like you know if I had a Sega CD and I could sneak this in my house I definitely would have wanted to play it um I think there was someone from different strokes was in that actually um I think that was like the last thing that she did I can't remember her name but uh, there was an actress from the show Different Strokes that was in it. And that was another controversial thing was because she played this all-American girl in Different Strokes. And then she went into this sexy horror game. And uh, yeah, so basically, like, my my experience with it was uh, more it was, just... Uh, Dana Plato. Yeah, Dana Plato, yep. yep. Um, so my experience was that I never played it. But there was, like, this allure to it because you weren't supposed to play it. Um... And I remember just kind of being like, wow, I, I want to play this game, and I don't know why. 
Um, and I just remember seeing little snippets of it. And then when I was much older, I got a chance to play it and I kind of wish that I didn't just because the perspective I had at the time was different. So yeah, yeah, that was my first experience with it. Um, it just felt awkward that it was being incorporated in the games. Oh, I, I was gonna say I didn't realize this was the game, but I actually do recognize this because um, it it came up alongside Mortal Kombat when there was like a lot of discussion yes. of this kind of content. Uh, like I think that they actually used this game in government hearings. I remember seeing it and being yeah, like, yeah. There, there was uh, a lot of moral panic over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. Like presented it to Congress as like video games corrupting the youth. Oh, I didn't know what the name of this game was. I had, I had, yeah. I had, I have seen it though. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, it's still pretty. I mean, even even just <laughs> the clip of it and the music doesn't make you take it too seriously. Like the sound no. design's pretty awful. But <laughs> like the game itself, it, like when you play, it, you're like, oh, this is what they're okay. Like it's not what the perception was but at that time i mean there was i don't even think esrb was um actually created yet i think mortal kombat and night trap were probably uh, the catalyst for it yeah so basically mm -hmm. what happened there with yeah. respect to esrb like I had to learn about this back in college, but um, the rating system was actually founded like in 1994 and it came after like you know well a wide range of like child development and like academic experts were analyzing like other rating systems and then they sort of like conducted a lot of research like with parents like across like the US like that's why that is that happened that way like it wasn't just like it, it didn't spring up like out of nowhere per se like, there was a lot of like work done to like set up and like create its foundation and like, like there's a lot that went into it and stuff there was um in essence, it was a very similar thing with um, Peggy founded back in like 2003 as well by the ISFE. But like it was basically the same sort of self-regulatory age rating system for video games. And in it, in essence, it just sought to sort of protect minors and build trust with consumers by ensuring that like I guess reliable information about game content was like provided to like you know parents or people that were to buy a game at all. So just yeah, kind of adding an extra set of safeguards there that weren't prior available. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Night Trap is uh, pretty historically important for all that. But um, if you actually go back and play it, it's probably going to seem pretty mild to a, uh, you know, a lot of It's about like, as fun. spicy as yeah. a JCPenney catalog. Yeah. yeah there, there's, <laughs> like, there's no that's... nudity. Um, there's, like, barely any bud. Uh, it, yeah. it's, it's lurid, like... It's it's actually more like a 1950s slasher film, like not even like, you know, like Halloween or something. Like it's, yeah, it, it, it's you see some ladies in underwear in danger, right? And uh, yeah, it's 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 something that you could show on TV now, but back then, I think video games were just considered like totally for kids, and yeah. also just the fact that it was video, it wasn't you know pixel graphics, like that 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 was like a new thing. And people really thought this was going to, like, corrupt uh, the youth. Yeah. They thought they were, like, selling porn for Sega CD, basically. Like, the way that... I, I, I gotta wonder if that helped the sales of this game, actually. It probably <laughs> did, to some degree. Cause, cause because you didn't were... have the internet back then, right? Like, you, you, yeah. you didn't have, like, more pornography than anyone could watch in a lifetime at your fingertips 24-7. No. Back then, right? So... So, yeah. Well, and the the cover art of the game definitely like looks like it 
could be pornographic or it could be could be pretty spicy. They don't, you know. Well, there's different. There's different box art for it. Like there's uh, there's one image that just basically looks like a '80s like VHS like horror like uh, like acrylic painting. Um, that still looks kind of goofy. It still has like sort of the '50s. Actually, it's more it's more '50s and '80s. Uh, and it's got like this embossed logo and. You know, you just look at it, and it's kind of goofy. The Sega CD logo is, like, kind of trying to cover up the cleavage. But, like, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, like, when you look at it, you kind of go, oh, okay, like, I, I know what I'm getting into with this game. Like, this isn't, you know. Then there's, like, another one, which was for the Sega CD32X, and it actually has Dana Plato on the cover. Um, and I guess for the time, she was scantily clad, but it's just, like, she has on, like, night attire. Like, it's not even, like... You know, but again, like in the time in the era that this came out, uh, it was it was like aggressively controversial. I just want to mention, I feel like we need to do an episode about all of the actually pretty notable actors that are in some of the earlier like live action games. <laughs> yes. yes, <laughs> yes. There's, there's a lot more than you think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dana Plato is the only one that I remember. But yeah, there's definitely more. I remember Kirk Cameron was in a FMV game with goblins. Really? That's interesting. <laughs> you some, gotta do more research, but there's yeah. a few. For, for some reason, it looks like Night Trap actually was re-released on the Switch, Nintendo Switch, which is very strange to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, and the Why fact that there's a, a robot ninja with a very strange thing, but it's supposed to be about vampires, makes it. And, and on the cover, there's also Sylvester <laughs> Stallone with a few guys. Like, it's very, very strange. But, um, yeah, maybe yeah. don't buy it. Like, if you want good, like, kind of visual, like, movie-like games, maybe look at the Sam Barlow um, games, like Air Story or Telling Lies, maybe. But, uh, yeah, maybe don't buy it. <laughs> not sure. But, but maybe I, I, when Thomas posted this, I was like, oh, my God, who would who would possibly do this? But I don't know. Maybe someone wanted to preserve a part of gaming history and make it mm. available for, you know. So, so rather than it, 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 it's, you know, it's sulk in the history where everyone's like, oh, ah. what a scandalous game that we'll never know how it was. Someone's like, we put it on the Switch so you can enjoy it in 2022. Yeah. You know? What's funny is that it, the Switch is uh, like... We are talking about like you know us as maybe kids or teenagers uh, seeing sexy things. <laughs> I think about the kids with the Nintendo Switch like finding Night Trap <laughs> in the in the Nintendo eShop. It's like you know you know what so it, strange, but the story repeats itself. You know, <laughs> it, it kind like of it kind of has the vibe of like do you, do y'all remember uh, a lot of the the movies that came out when we were kids like in. Um, in like Home Alone or like in yep. the movie like Little Big League where there were like plot points where they the the the, the kids in there basically like got caught or l looked up like basically what were implied to be porn movies that they weren't supposed to see. Mm -hmm. uh, like I remember uh, in Little Big League, which is a a movie about like a kid who is like 14 and gets the ownership of a baseball team. But anyway, there's like a whole plot point where like he's at a hotel and he looks up night nurses from Jersey and yes. like his mom finds out and the, the, the visuals they use and the whole approach, like this looks exactly like night nurses from Jersey. Like, you know, a bunch of women on screen, whatever it's implied that it's pornographic, but really like, it's it's like at most soft core ish. Like it's it, it's really it's, barely. It's, a it's thing. not even that. 
like like James said, it's it's like more Sears catalog. It's not even Victoria's Secret catalog. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's true. Mm -hmm. it, like it, it's like them showing a little bit of shoulder and stuff like that. It's it like or wearing like you know bras or camisoles and stuff. It's it just remind the, the whole tone of this reminds me of that. Okay, so um, talking about Night Track, it's unearthed another uh, memory of a game from around this time. Uh, similarly kind of controversial, but not not in the limelight like Night Track. Do you guys remember Plumbers Don't Wear Ties for the 3DO? What? Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. That was another um, FMV game. Oh, shoot. I should have saved this for 3 a.m. games. <laughs> <laughs> this is 4 a.m. games, baby. Let's go. All right, <laughs> Plumber don't wear ties games. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's a romantic comedy in quotations. Actually a romantic. Like a pornographic game. Yeah, otherwise they wouldn't actually be able to sell it in stores. Oh um, there's so, a definitive edition coming on PS4. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying like Apparently <laughs> it's getting a re-release on Switch too. For some reason <laughs> these terrible F and V games are getting uh, okay. re-released. Don't so, let your so children game, listen to this episode. Yeah, I, I guess it's basically um, its claim to fame is that there's a couple parts where like you, you can see oh like a God. woman in a bra, and um, it, it sold itself as like sort of this uh, adult, you know, romantic adventure uh, kind of. Um, but but really, uh, it was just like a terribly made game, and it wasn't even FMV actually; uh, it was just still images, <laughs> so it wasn't even video. <laughs> Oh even God. though it didn't even deliver on the promise of video, it was actually just still <laughs> with dialogue over it. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it was widely panned. It's considered one of the worst games ever. Um, uh, one fun factoid: I don't know how I know this, but um, there was apparently an ending where you could end up with a man. So it's one of the first sort of mainstream games where, like, uh, you know, you, you could actually be like pursue a gay relationship, but. Um, but of course, it was presented like as a, as a joke uh, in this game. But um, yeah, it's a weird piece of ephemera. Plumbers don't wear ties. One of the early, uh, yeah, this was <laughs> one of the controversial, uh, you know, sexy games. But that really was not very sexy at all. But wow. looking at that yeah. box art, though, yeah. the box art is something. Yeah, the, the box art is oh, worth yeah. worth like, having box, in your memory. Yeah, it, the box it, art it is like, like a. a uh, is yeah. it me? Is it, is it Comic Sans MS at the at the bottom of the? <laughs> it, is. So. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, yeah. You're right. It is absolutely Comic Sans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's Comic Sans, and it says an interactive romantic comedy exclamation mark. Race cars, shower scenes, chickens. Chickens. Is it and, like, crest? around the side of it, around, around the side of like, a main image of a man and a woman looking at each other. But yeah, underneath there are like sort of taglines like a plumber, a daddy's girl, chickens, like race cars, shower scenes. Like it's just it's very very um, cheesy looking. If, if cheesiness had like it's, a little, it's like a word cloud that doesn't have like the words organized in any way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just very incongruent. It's That's not, a, that... it's not very well put together. <laughs> And the, and the art style looks like a mix between a, a, an old reedition of a, a friend's VH8 mixed with um, an accounting software cover or some or something like <laughs> yeah. that. That's, yeah, yeah. that's so strange. Like a, it's like a, like a horny PowerPoint 
system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, like, dude, that's literally what it is. Not <laughs> Nipo Opa. It's, it's, it's scrolling images. Yeah, it definitely feels like, like a kid's not prepared for like a presentation that they have to do, and it's just like they have to yeah. make something in like 20 minutes before a class. Yeah. It's just like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh my god. Like, yeah, it's, it's Welcome really to Heart Eater for your sexiest <laughs> PowerPoints. What's <laughs> <laughs> funny is I, I, I found like a whole video of this game on YouTube with like no commentary, and I've been just like scrubbing through it, and it's just, it just, it's man, like. <laughs> I, I almost feel sorry for anybody who paid, like, actual oh, money yeah. <laughs> like, for it. Mm -mm. It was such a cash grab, because, I mean, yeah, yeah. they were just like, oh, 3DO, right? Like, FMVs in Vogue, like, they just threw something together. Yeah, yeah, I mean, on paper, it made sense. Like, yeah, just, uh, you know, throw this throw this in. What I think is interesting is that there's a woman in this who looks like, like a doppelganger for, like, Kaylee Cuoco, like... It's very strange, like, how certain people's uh, facial features just sort of repeat in history. You know how, like, people think Keanu sure. Reeves is, like, a time-traveling, like, vampire? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, 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 this woman definitely looks like she she could be, like, Kaylee Cuoco. Uh, yeah, it is, like, it's interesting what was considered sexy and controversial in that time. Mm. Uh, especially since mm. the 90s sort of, like... It, it, it sort of took itself as if it was, like, very new, uh, you know, and edgy at the time and, like, very, like, on the cusp of, like, progression because, like, I remember when I was a kid, like, you would hear people go, it's the 90s now. It's, you know, like, like it's a different yeah. time. But yeah. yet we were so, we were, we were so, like, uh, very conservative in what we perceived things as as visual entertainment like content like uh we were still very tame i would say for uh you know the time especially looking back on it like you know 20 plus years later um it's interesting what we thought I was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> time eh <laughs> sorry go on yeah oh, oh yeah. It's actually so speaking of that like uh james i'll, I'll go with mine because it's like in the 90s and Looking back on it now, it's, to your point, it's going to look real tame. Like, real tame, but, you know, we're talking about, like, our first experiences. So, um, yeah. do y'all, um, and it's all, mine's also sort of related, because it's a, it's a remake of a Sega CD game. Or a Sega Saturn oh. game, sorry. Um, okay. So, so this is not going to be what you expect, but um, do y'all remember uh, Lunar Silver Star Story? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where you're going. So, this is, like... Uh, I want to say it came out in like 1999. I was actually playing the remake for PlayStation called Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, which is a remake of a Sega Saturn game. I actually don't know if the Sega, Sega Saturn CD. game... Sega CD. Sega CD, sorry. Um, I, I don't know if the actual original game contained this, but so the, the game had these things called bromides in them. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to link it. Uh, and they're, again, they're very like Sears catalog, but there's like a number of female characters in the game. Uh, which... Oh but, but which... Really great characters, right? Uh, actually, and it's... I, I'm trying to remember how you found these. I think you had to find, like, secret areas in the game, and then you would pick up these items, uh, like, in the world. But it was just, like... It, basically, it was pinup art of the, the female characters of the game. And you there was, like, a variety of them. But as, like, a kid, uh, they were very sexy. Like, because, like... And they're... Uh, just to clarify, that we're not even talking about, like... None of them are even close really nudity they're like swimsuits some of them are like you know 
the the girls like uh, it, it's like a it's, it's you know what the the term that uh, James used some of them are somewhat voyeuristic like they 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 kind of might be the girl like getting ready or being shot like and not really being aware of it but it's it's not like a it like it's it's more of like a like a, like a candid whatever shot but some of them were swimsuits but like as a kid playing this this is the first time I had seen <clears throat> anything like this. And and I don't know if y'all are familiar with the style of Lunar Silver Star Story, but yeah. it's a classic RPG, you know, top-down 2D. This is not the kind of... And, and the rest of the game is very... Um, it, it's a very balanced game. There's really not a lot of violence or sexualism in the story. Uh, it's, you know, it's... it's uh, on its face, you would not expect something like this to be in the game at all. I, yeah. I actually have no idea how it got into the game, to be honest with you. But like, as a as a, a, a you know a, a Sean in 1999 playing this game, I I definitely appreciated finding them. They are they are visually enjoyable. But this is like the first time I can remember like dealing with something that like was sexual of, in nature in a game. It may have been real quick. Um, so the the character designer of Lunar, the one and two, mm -hmm. is uh, Toshiyuki Kubuoka. And uh, you know, if you're not familiar with the games, you might be familiar with some of the anime he's worked on. He was the main char character designer for uh, Giant Robo. Yes. So he has very nice. distinct style. Yes. Yeah, um, he also, uh, right now, he's most famous for the Idol Master games. And, uh, oh, that's him. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I want to say, did he do Ninja Resurrection too? He, that that must have been him. It looks like it. I wouldn't it be surprised. Like yeah. Um, let's see. And he was the he was the animation director on uh, Nadia: Secret of uh, Blue Water. Blue Water. Yeah, well. that seems that's the same style. Yeah. 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 I love their work. He definitely influenced the Gainax guys. Yes. A hundred thousand percent. God, and, I, I mean, the, the bromides are not really, they're not like explicit or anything. No. They're just like cute, cute pinups. Like some of them are like as scandalous as seeing the characters expose wrists, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. Um, it's, it's a bit the, you know, the, the level of, um, uh, how do they say, uh, ero the pseudo erotic uh, uncle's photo from the Victorian times. It's a bit like <laughs> yeah. this, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah. The, the saucy uncles. <laughs> to, to, and to clarify, for a, for a young, like, Catholic Sean who never saw this kind of stuff, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Like, but, but yeah, yeah. just to, to clarify, like, the, the, some of them are, like, I would say they, they're barely sexual, but, I mean, they are definitely hitting on that, that kind of taboo, like, they're definitely moments that are meant to be private, if that makes sense. Uh, in terms of like, but yeah. they are still very, very tame, but it's still yeah. in but my memory kid, very vivid. Yeah. If you're a kid in the 90s, you wouldn't want your parents to walk in while you're no. looking at the bro line. No, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is definitely like probably a lot of people's uh, first introduction to fan service at the time. Uh, like with within like the spectrum of anime in terms of things being released, if they hadn't seen you know, things that just had flat-out nudity, like Ninja Scroll or, like, Demon City or anything like that. So, yeah, it was... It, even though it was tame, it was still kind of a, like, mm, I don't want to be caught looking at these kind of things, especially <laughs> if you were, like, a, a, a teenager. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, definitely mm -hmm. was something that... And it's weird, because I remember every issue of Game Fan Magazine had an advertisement for Lunar Silver Star Story, 
And you never would have thought that something like this would have been in it until you see it. You go, oh, wait, like, really? Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, so... Oh, so I just looked it up. So apparently the second the second version did have bromides as well. So this was possibly including it in the PlayStation version was maybe a... Well, it was a remake, so I guess maybe it was just meant to be... The, the Sega an, CD know. versions did not. The, uh, the remakes had them. So, so wait, was there a Saturn version that yeah, on yeah, top of the CD version? Because, uh, again, what I played was, was 1999. I had gotten the PlayStation version. It was one of, like, three games that I owned in total. Yeah. But... Um, um, it also I had one of those double a... PlayStation cases, which which is what you know you're gonna good, get a good get a good get a good good game, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, the Saturn remake came out first, and then the PlayStation follow. Uh, that one was uh, you know that came out after and had even more bromides than the Saturn one. Um, wow. Yeah, and and um, the second remake for uh, Eternal Blue that also had bromides for the male characters as well. So it's, huh. it's more. Or an equal opportunity there. Yeah. Hmm. All right, yeah. That, that was a good one, Chad. Okay, I'll go that next then. Go ahead. Uh, I think the first like very sexy game outside was pro that I like played or really saw was probably Dead or Alive, the first one on the PlayStation. Oh. Like all all fighting games at the time on the on the PlayStation had uh, had, F F had FMV intros or stuff like that. And uh, and Dead or Alive had a very good one that started with naked Kazumi on the in front of the moon and ended with Kazumi in front of the moon seen like front face but you cannot see her totally because they're mist <laughs> coming from below <laughs> covering <laughs> her breast of course but i think almost all games had this kind of thing at the time i can remember also the tekken 3 intro i think i'd like naked nina in the in a cryo tube or something like that and yeah it was basically standard, and uh, also I think Soul Calibur had uh, had this too with um, Sofia like being interrupted in during her bath by a giant statue of Zeus coming out of the water. Like what? <laughs> like you cannot? You're in your bath all of a sudden. That, that that is classic Zeus. Yeah, yeah. It really is <laughs> very in character. Um, yeah. So yeah, also, I would say I would say Parasite Eve. Parasite mm -hmm. Eve two uh, had the uh, yeah. power scene. Yeah, yeah. So it was a it was a constant when uh, uh, during the the PlayStation One uh, period. But I remember that our life was like overly sexual because breast physics, of course, <laughs> like they were yeah. extremely egregious. Physics, mm. like. Like yeah. It's actually way crazier than the later ones. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. That was really like spring breast physics like not like uh like breast moving it was like really 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 stupid it, it was like they were on the moon like you yeah. take like, yeah you tap forward a little bit and just keep going and going. yeah so, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um, but yeah actually, that was me yeah it was bouncier than the arcade version yeah the, uh, that was wasn't the there a um a way that you i think there was like an age like scale that, or something that was the dreamcast version oh okay uh, i know way too much about this stuff the dreamcast <laughs> version which was the uh, sequel that one um not so basically like they they couldn't just say there was like a breast bounce meter 
So they put in an age meter. And the age, <laughs> the older you input your age, like the more the brass would bounce. So it'd go from zero to 99. Uh, but what was 99 in the Dreamcast version would be like, like a two in the PS1 version. Like that game had insane, insane physics. Like that is the bounciest game uh, ever. Like they, they just ramped it up so, so much. I, I, I just remember it was nuts. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's uh, that's the thing because also the uh, in the nineties and during the the the, um, the crazy you know FMV the FMV craze in games and stuff like that, there were a lot of magazines were also doing like at least in France and I suppose in the United States too like uh, kind of erotic posters or sexy posters uh, and they will like bluntly. <laughs> Without copyright, <laughs> without respecting copyright, like printing uh, the the press assets that they got, and when they had like a, a sexy press assets or something like that, they would put it in the game, in the in the magazine, like in a in a folded poster or something like that. So yeah, that was the I think the most the most things I saw. Like not not a lot of two D stuff because I only had a master system. I went from master system to so Alex Kidd in Miracle Worlds to the PlayStation. So that's what quite quite a gap, you know. So there was no time yeah. between them to to know better. Yeah. I okay. think that's the, well, yeah. the ones. I, I, I got the missing link for you. Okay. I, okay. I just posted a link into our chat. Do you guys remember Galgo thirteen for the NES? Oh my god, <laughs> yes dude. Oh my yeah. god. I totally I forgot about this. Way back in the day. So this came out on the uh, Famicom in 1988. Uh, it probably came out in America, probably like 89 or 90. Um, I, I haven't looked that up. But it, somehow the Galgo 13 game actually did come out in the US. And, you know, in Japan, Galgo 13 is this hard-boiled uh, comic, super over the top. Yeah. Right? It's it's uh, The comic is very, very, you know, rated R, super serious, but like, it's hard to describe like it's 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 i think it's they like, know how ridiculous it is yeah but it's I always think played straight the the way to describe gogo 13 is like imagine um james inverted james bond like there's a killer and basically everybody knows he's coming and the stories are basically everyone freaking out and making plans and stuff like that for him to fail his assassination or mission, but he always delivers. And that's so very well done because there are a lot of side characters and stuff like that invented for each chapter. And so each chapter is fresh and each chapter reinforces the, the, the strength and the, the image that we have of Golgo 13. So it's amazing it's amazing yeah like it's it, it stayed fresh for like 50, like 40 50 years like it's one of the longest running manga mm -hmm. um but so the the famicom game the nes game is really notable for this scene that somehow slipped through the censors there is an actual sex scene like in this <laughs> nintendo game that in america was sold to children in, in japan i think people would have known what they were getting into Colgo 13 is really famous but um in in the Somehow, the NES version, there is a cutscene, uh, and uh, you know, Golgo 13, he's uh, he's meeting up with his contact um, uh, in in you know, this is like uh, uh, Germany, like uh, pre uh, fall of the wall, and uh, you know, his his 
his contact died and he gave him a secret file and he's got to bring it to this beautiful woman and he's you know he delivers her the bad news that like her friend died and then you know they're just talking shop right they're talking about okay like what are we going to do now like how do we complete the mission and then of course like in the middle of it like this lady just you know she she falls for him and then um she says this great line uh, she says, oh, Berlin at night, an iron curtain just doesn't seem right. And then it, it zooms out. You see they're at the top floor of this hotel. You see their silhouettes uh, yeah. through the window. And then you see her approaching him and uh, they embrace, you know, and then the lights dim. And my God, I remember seeing, like, I can't believe that just happened, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> in my memory this was like a full-blown fmv cutscene. like i, I remember <laughs> her like you know gently resting her head on his shoulder and like the soft embrace like it was like wild and it, when you look at it now it's like uh like they're they're, they're maybe like 10 pixels tall but, um at the time it was like just really shocking because it it felt so adult. Right? Yeah. It was sort of the opposite of like Night Trap and the FMV games, like we were talking about, where it was like kind of teasing, like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe you'll see a boob in this game. Like, this was like, it was like dead serious. And then in the middle of it, like, they have had this moment of vulnerability together. And I just, I remember it blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, like, can they do that? Like, are you allowed to do that in the video game? Yeah. 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 It, it it preyed on the, your imagination of what you thought was happening. Like you fill you filled in the blanks yourself. Yeah. And somehow that was more sexy than Night Trap, actually. Yeah, actually, funny enough, looking back on it, it's 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 weirdly classy. It's kind of it's actually yeah. erotic <laughs> compared to you know a lot of like the fan servicey, you know. Like uh, uh, switcheroo, like oh, you know, you might see a boob in this game, but no, like you're not going to. Yeah, so that, that game is very ahead of its time. Somehow they snuck that. Well, there were no sensors to begin with. There was no ESRRD. Like no one, everyone just kind of assumed <laughs> that you you wouldn't see something like this in a game. So somehow that made it through. Mm -hmm. All right, I want to do mine really quickly, just because. All right, like, let's go for it. All right, these are very. These are strange in that, like, I'm not specifically going to be talking about, like, a video game in and of itself first. So, what I'm going to be mentioning here is a card game, a very popular card game from Konami, as we all know. I'll talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! Of course I am, because that was some of the first games basically that I came into contact with. Indeed. Okay. So, for example... One of the most intriguing things to me about how it is that we view, I guess, just like not only sex in and of itself, but just like the idea of nudity and bodies and I guess censoring those in different ways, mainly just by covering those up like with clothes, covering various body parts, adding shadows to certain areas to try and obfuscate, you know, certain other body parts, all sorts of stuff like that. But the idea of being not prudish in and of itself, but just of having things to cover wasn't something that was in it that was inherently you know to my knowledge i suppose i i grew up mm. in i think as i've mentioned before a very um 
specifically a Christian household, but not one that came with any sort of like, I guess, preconceived notions about other people or about forcefulness or about anything that you might think that could be tied specifically to the idea of like, you know, like covering the children's eyes, so to speak. I didn't really grow up with too much of that. My parents were definitely very much aware of different areas of, you know, centrality, sexuality surrounding like media and stuff, but like very, very rarely in this specific uh, an area would I be like sort of stopped from watching or reading or listening to too many things apart from like a couple of songs but you know it was, it was the early 2000s r&b was kicking you, know, you already know what it is so yeah but um so one of the things which i'll be speaking about right now is like i said Yu-Gi-Oh. so for example there are lots and lots and lots of cards that exist that had different versions specifically because of you know the uh, breasts were shown kind of or or other areas were shown for us so for example i'll drop a few different cards down here right now there's a card called like thunder nyan nyan and like this card got like uh, covered up in essence over over time. There was another card called like the Harpy Dancer. This card got like sort of covered up. So basically, in essence, there would be characters, namely or mainly characters which we would perceive to be female, and yeah, they would just have their chests sort of covered. And I only really figured out that this was a thing that was occurring when I went online to go and Google and look at different cards that I wanted to get for myself. And I was like, all right, say that I wanted a version of like Dark Magician Girl, as I'm sure people who may know about Yu-Gi-Oh, these characters quite popular. She's hella, hella strong. Famous. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. Also very, very useful. Uh, I was like, all right, so if I wanted this card, how much would it cost, I wonder? Because you can find out the cost of various cards, you know, online. So I went to go do so. And then I saw, wait a minute, there's like, it's like a boobier version of like this character what the heck or whoa like they have like less clothes on like what is this i I was quite literally just like huh like that art is like the same but different like hmm i think i was maybe about like nine or ten at the time or something like that trying to find out where to get these things from and then boom the concept of censorship in and of itself got sort of started to exist within my mind It, it already sort of um well in this sense it already kind of existed because of um Funnily enough, there is, of course, a dubbing company and just a general media company called 4Kids. They did a run of One Piece, and I used to watch that back when I was a kid. So I loved, like, the One Piece rap. I loved all that stuff back when I was a kid, <laughs> much to the nice. chagrin of many of the Funimation dub and other versions of it fans. But, yeah, so basically, the, one, of, one of the things that I sort of got told off for watching like was that show because of it's not it's not anything regarding like it's uh it's it's uh scantily clad like women per se more so just like areas of like the violence or not even just that it was the fact that like in it like it was young sanji was being like disrespectful to another character who was like older than he was and he called them Mm. like a geezer and my mom heard this and she looked past everything else in the show and she was like, <laughs> all right, you can't watch this anymore because of what this young boy just said. And I was what? like, no, what the heck? Like, no, no way. No, no. So oh, Sandy, so, yeah, like, you're I ruining it for everyone. <laughs> Like, quite literally, yeah, because Sanji was, like, my, my kicking idol, one of the reasons why I got into <laughs> Taekwondo so much so. And, like, what's oh, really? one of my wow. favorite characters from anything? Yeah, yeah, I may have mentioned that before, too, but one of the one of my favorite things about just, like, the way in which I like that he fought, just to sort of side tangent, but, yeah, like, I love the way that he did all of his kicks to sort of, like, stop his hands from being injured because he wanted to be a chef, but also just, like, I love the fact that, like, watching a character kick instead of, like, punch and having so many different varieties of kicks and, like, the technical ability and the utilization of his legs, 
massively inspirational to me. Like, still one of my favorite things is like when I kick people. Sometimes I still think about the fact that like, yeah, it, it's cool to it's just cool to do. Like, I'm not I'm not just able to punch. Like, you can do both. It, it's very very cool. You're right. Yeah, yeah Sean said it's very European of me. It is. It is very European of me. Yeah, I gotta I gotta do it different. I can't I can't just punch. I have to kick them. <laughs> To, bring, to sort of bring it right back around to this so one of the coolest things about that is kind of the subversion of like expectation and like it's kind of interesting that like the censorship here kind of seeks to undo that so for example like there'll be lots of puns that existed within these cards so for example there's one called like the emperor's holiday and that like negated all like equip cards and like effects on field and stuff like that but it's basically made or based around you know that uh, the emperor's new clothes i'm sure the the, the common uh, children's tale or folk tale that people may or may not have heard of but basically it's about the uh, the dangers of being so rich that you lose sense in essence and like there's an emperor that walks around town and that he basically has been given quote unquote given these new robes these new shiny new clothes that are basically just no clothes and he walks around naked and the whole time after him it's kind of like his his whole foolishness is a part of that it, it sort of goes into his embarrassment but yeah so there, there's a play on there's a play on that story there in this in this card it's just a basic you know like naked top half naked emperor with a big old cape on big old crown on big scepter and stuff like that but he's walking around and the people in the crowd are laughing at him you know just as the story goes but the censored version gives him like a, a vest like tank top type of a type of a top <laughs> and it's just like that's not the point of the story do you know what I mean it's like that's it's not why it is that like he would be laughed at he'd be laughed at because he's like half naked in the story but I mean yeah so I, just I mean different versions of that. I, I don't they, they censored the male the, this old man character too yeah 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 I was gonna say I I don't I don't know if I would have looked at this card and thought oh yeah you need to censor that but also Equality. They censored this old guy uh, just yeah, like a woman. Yeah, yeah, just like they would. Yeah, so there's that. Weirdly fair. <laughs> yeah, in in a lot of ways they've done this. So for example, like they did it there, but they also did it with these like Amazon S characters too. Like it's to to me, it it's not so much the fact that like okay, it's not so much the fact that like this has to like be done because I can understand why it is that they are doing this. But at the same time, it's like. There are so many areas of this that, like, we, they would make us have to have a conversation with ourselves about, like, how it is that we view just, you know, the beauty ideals, how it is that we view the human body, the human form, like, how it is that these things go back towards our, you know, histories with respect to, you know, understanding and knowing about ourselves, what it, it what, what does a naked body mean in different areas of society, how, you know, how have other nations around the world sort of viewed, like, not just sex and sensuality, but just, like, the naked form itself. I think that there's a lot that we could, like, learn and further understand about like what is perceived to be censorable and also why and also you know like do these things occur to sort of like subvert power or do these things occur because of a certain someone's specific like you know beliefs in relation to someone else's bodily autonomy all of these different things are very much you know worthy of being spoken about with respect to the idea of like sex sensuality the human form the human naked body itself and how it is that these are viewed throughout media because we do these things again with you know blood and gore and violence and such but so much so oftentimes we see a lot of those still very much available to be i guess sort of like ingested and seen but you will see very much of the time like a, a character sort of like you know wrapped up in a certain way and it's kind of like hey like do they necessarily have to be but also what is of course like the author's intent or the creator's intent and like do they understand obviously what it is that they're doing with respect to some of these portrayals and obviously again even further beyond sort of all encompassing all of this before sort of wrap this up but like yeah what does it seek to even speak about 
these things through the guise of like you know literal versions of people's understandings of feminism and how it is that areas of this you know very specifically have been quite you know rightly like fought against too like by men by women by all different people who felt the need to very much express their you know autonomy in very literal ways as well like yeah just like there, there are lots of links to these that could go on for multiple podcast episodes but yeah it just makes me think a lot about like what does it mean to have something like be censored but also the why the how the when the where are also super super important we'll get into all that i'm sure but yeah i just really wanted to mention that because i mean in the context of like a kid's show or of a kid's card game you wouldn't necessarily think about all that as like a 9 10 11 year old but like it's very much an important part of why is he seeing that at that time i think it's really really important to mention that too yeah yeah aj it's it's interesting that you're talking about your perspective when you were younger because as I linked, like Hearthstone ended up doing this like in 2019 as well. Similar idea. Um, but obviously that that was much more recent. I, I think you also look at it. I think it goes back to everyone kind of always talking about how the joke that like female armor in, in games versus male armor doesn't seem very practical. Exactly. Um, um, it, it's always also kind of I mean, obviously, we're talking about sex in this episode, but it's always been interesting to me how like. Um, the difference between moderating violent content versus sexual content, it's always been what you wouldn't expect. Because, like, ultimately, violence is about hurting people and sex is not. And yet sexual content is far more taboo and problematic in terms of, like, what society seems to care about than violence. Um, so, like, looking at these card games, like, they also censored violent content as well, like blood and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I think it's... Uh, I agree with you. It's interesting. It's a long conversation, but I think some of it, like also looking at some of the changes had to do with like, well, we realized that from a character design perspective, probably like this warrior's midriff shouldn't be exposed. And like the reason behind it probably is sexualization rather than practicality. Although the, the Emperor's New Clothes one is an interesting example <laughs> because like it kind of defeats yeah, the point of the far. story a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it really is quite intriguing just because again, like exactly, like, there, there are story elements within these cards, but especially the fact that like there are lots of specific puns that are made and jokes that are self-referential, also referential to other, you know, areas as I've mentioned here, like quite literal, you know, like folklore and tales, which, you know, people understand the context of without necessarily understanding Yu-Gi-Oh itself but yeah like I think that once we sort of like delve into this like some more obviously we'll see a lot of this and it will continue to occur but like I just really 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 hope that like as we continue to you know I guess like grow and change as like not just people and human beings but also as creators too that we can like further facilitate the understanding of like why these things are happening specifically more so than just like oh this thing is being like censored oh that sucks but okay like why would you think like it sucks or why would you think it would be a good thing like the why is is, is really really important and i think that these aren't always to be like you know divorced from like history itself especially when you look at these things from like the guise of like a children's game yeah i'd I'd actually really like to get into that i think that um that segues into a, a character i wanted to talk about Go for it. Supposed to do a link. Hey, hey, Richmond, just um, before we move on, I just got to say real quick, and then I want you to jump right back. I'm really amused that this Emperor's Holiday card, the one we were talking about, is a trap card. Okay, go on. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so we were just talking about, um, you know, like, like stuff in Yu-Gi-Oh uh, being changed from uh, the original, you know, Japanese cards, uh, you know, for the uh, Western market. And, yeah, it, it's always about, like, covering up the bodies, male and female. 
And uh, I, I think it, it has a lot to do with uh, social norms, cultural norms, what people consider age appropriate, uh, right? They're just going to be very different country to country. Like uh, even, I, I think in general in Europe, they're, they're generally more comfortable with like sex, uh, you know, compared to Americans, whereas Americans are way more comfortable with violence, right? That, that, that's the stereotype, at least as I understand it. It could depend. Uh, yeah, it could depend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I would say it depends um, on the country. Like there are some yeah, th yeah. there are some countries that are way more um uh what's the word? Um leniency or like Yeah, not not leniency, uh pur puritanic. Um, yeah, yeah, puritanical. Yeah, yeah. Pur puritanical, yeah. So yeah. it really depends on I would say the presence of I would say religious um conformity in the society like and uh, and if that country basically had a kind of i would say cultural um revolution or something like that uh, it's not the right word i'm sorry because <laughs> that's uh, um, something else yeah. but like for example like um italy for example is i think still very religious and was very religious for a long time but they, they still had you know a, a kind of very gory movies and sexy movies and uh, and uh, the all um and very special and very how to say it like I don't remember exactly the the names, but uh, you know a type of uh, a type of movies that mixed sex, eroticism, violence, and stuff like that. The, the what was the name? The Ga like Garo, Garo or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so like and in France it's the same. Like with um, like um, with this with cinema, for example, there were some there were the presence in france for example of erotic cinemas for a very long time and then they were uh, censored or they were not that censored but at least they were told to open only on certain hours and stuff like that so it, bas it basically killed the business so it really depends i would say on the on the norms and uh, and if the country managed to break out of them yeah in, in europe at least Mm -hmm. All right, let, let me just ask real quick, uh, AJ and Thomas, like in, in your life, um, you know, in the UK, in France, like, could you show, uh, could you expect to see like breasts on TV, like bare breasts? Yeah. It, 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 yes, but only at certain times. There, there's a, there's a so, thing in, Engl in England called just like yeah. the, the watershed in essence. And there mm -hmm. are strict rules about what can be shown before what we call it the 9 p.m. watershed. So in broadcasting, especially in England, the watershed is basically a time of day after which programming is aimed more so towards like mature or like adult audiences mm -hmm. and that is like okay. permitted. So we, we have that here in England. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a yes and, you know, like it's, it comes with different and certain other yeah. sort of uh, contexts, but like sometimes though, yes, yeah. So, so let me say in America, you could never, ever, ever do that on broadcast TV. Ever. Nope. <laughs> Only on Showtime. Nope. Yeah, you would have you know, to be have a to premium be cable, cable network. And you have to be a premium cable network, not even like normal cable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I actually do want to mention okay. this that, like, the, the joke about Showtime is, is true. Like, if y'all ever saw the show uh, Penn and Teller's Bullshit, yes. Uh, they actually made fun of this quite a bit. Like, they actually had a show 
where they were talking about the puritanical restriction of breasts in America. And to because they were on a premium cable network, they literally had a shot where they had like five bullet points to make and they put it on a card on a woman that was standing there and basically like pulled the card off to reveal her breast to read it and then went down. Like they were really going intense on it. Like they were, and, and like also they would just occasionally have nudity in the show because they could. Okay. I would I would say in Fran in France at least in the in the eighties and nineties um, there were actually like um, ads like for shampoo or stuff or stuff like that uh, that will show uh, explicitly breast like completely it was very very male gaze oh very male gaze oriented I just sent you a link like if you if you look for publicity uh, année. 80 uh, on YouTube, you will find them, and uh, yeah, it happened. And there was also a few shows or stuff like that, like uh, maybe stuff like aerobic uh, stuff with, ne right. with where, where they sh they would like uh, film after the aerobic exercise in the sh ladies' showers or stuff like that. And it was oh, part of really? the show or stuff like that. Yeah, oh, like it goodness. was. There was a, a very, I would say, um, an inch <laughs> uh, TV um, network that that is still exists today. That is called uh, TF1, TF1 in French, and uh, they were they, they really didn't care, and uh, it was very okay. it was very very sexist actually when you when you look back, and oh, it's. Absolutely. And it stopped, I would say, in the mid of the '90s and early 2000s. But like you, like you said, but contrary to the U.S., there was not a lot of, you know, cable paying pay to paying cable networks in France. So even on public television, you will have sometimes movies that will be told like, okay, it's for 12, 16, 18 years old, and that mm -hmm. will have nudity on public television, French public television, like uh, paid by your taxes television. Like, <laughs> so that's, uh, that, yeah, that happened basically. And if you okay. wanted to watch real pornography, you had to pay like uh, the single paying cable network that was called the movie of the Saturday evening night. <laughs> it was the erotic <laughs> movie. And there was a joke like, if uh, it's encrypted when you are when you don't have a decoder for it so you will see only noise but noise that matches what happens to the screen like distorted vision of the screen so if you wanted to watch a pornographic movie and didn't pay you will have like statics of pornographic movies but in sound and 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 uh, this, this sounds oh my god this sounds very similar to what would happen in the states if uh, i think this happened if you you basically didn't pay for those channels but you know they would basically the channels would be accessible but i guess the term in the states would be scrambled is right. that like like they would just yeah. be you know garbled on the screen but you could hear it um and then people obviously came up with descramblers and then they became popular yeah. for uh, a time so yeah like it, it just yeah that just reminds me of just how it was like man it's it's interesting to see the contrast between what was allowed on you know broadcast television in other countries in comparison to the states because uh this link that you sent me none of this 
Like I, like I, I just, oh I saw, yeah, like, that's, that's it, it's, it's <laughs> so know. shocking. I mean, even, even, even as adults, we've seen what we've seen by now, right? But like seeing this and imagining it being on television, my mother would have like taken a bat to every TV in the house. Like, that, that's something that's very, very strange, you know. But I remember being awkward when I was a kid because we, that, there was a recently, like a few years ago, a very good article that that was. Titan. Everything is. Everyone is beautiful, uh, but no one. Nobody is is horny in movies today. Mm. And uh, specifically, like uh, talking about the the Marvel cinematic universe, where everyone is like so hot, but nobody fucks like at all. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody is horny for anyone, you know. And uh, and it made me remember some things that I don't remember which movie, but one night we were at friend's house my parents friend's house or we were like going to vacation and so we stopped mid uh, mid journey to to the and and we watch a movie and it's like an action or movie or stuff like that but we are like all watching the movie it's a great movie and stuff and like in the middle of it the two main characters they fuck and like but not like not like uh, that you know out of out of the camera angle they they go down and stuff like that no 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 it was like Pure and in sex, like the only thing you didn't see was, was genitals. Like, and I remember I was like, okay, I'm here with my whole family and the friends of my family and the children of my family. Oh my god! And we all dude. watching those two people like fucking in the movie, and it stops. But I remember the scene like lasting like at least one minute, and I was like, whoa, oh, shit happened. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that that's the, the 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 thing at least in France for some an experience of someone growing up in the eighties and nineties. So it was okay, like so, so even even for a Frenchman, that that would be pretty awkward to watch. That. <laughs> that's, that's not like Sunday night dinner regular viewing. No, no, like like you know, French people maybe like all about maybe horny and romantic at the same time, but it's not like common to watch this kind of movies with your kids like that's not the <laughs> things that you do yeah. even if you're French so yeah okay okay all right so all that said I, I want to get into a, a certain character and a certain game uh, uh Thomas you mentioned uh, heaving bosoms before like like bouncing boobs are a big thing in games mm -hmm. right and I think uh, probably the single most influential character on that uh, pertaining to that is is Mai from mm. uh, Fatal Fury and later King, King of Fighters. Um, do you, you guys, uh, the older <laughs> older millennials here, do you remember seeing King of Fighters '94 for the first time in arcade? Yes, 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 yes. I did. I remember uh, just being I, mesmerized. Yeah, it was. Mesmerized <laughs> is the right word. <laughs> it, it was. It was interesting because the first time I saw it. I thought maybe I'm just imagining things like, like maybe because I remember I was playing Fatal, I was playing King of Fighters and I said, well, the computer was using my and they won. And I was like, whoa, and I was like, there's no way that that's what happened. So like I purposefully you lost your eyes like a cartoon character. Yeah, like I was a kid, so I mimicked goofy cartoon shit like that. Like, like that was something I did. So I was like, nah, there's no way. So then I said, no, I'm going to play the game and I'm going to pick my 
and I'm like, I had to pick the team because you couldn't yeah. team at it. You know, I was like, well, whatever. I'm yeah. like, like at the time, respectfully, like th- this was just something I was curious about. So I just I said, you know what? I'm going to play this team. And I won. And I was like, wow. And I looked very quickly. My neck whipped very quickly to make sure my dad was still playing pool and not seeing what I saw. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I remember one time he saw me play Street Fighter 2 and I did medium kick, like crouching medium kick with Chun-Li in Street Fighter 2. And my dad was like, they're not going to like take more clothes off of this character, are they? And I was like... No, but I, I said it very confidently as if I worked at Capcom, you know, but like that was like a concern. So like when when the my thing happened, I was like, oh, my God, if he sees this, I'll never play a fighting game again. So like so I but I remember just being like, man, I am OK with this. I just didn't know that you could show that like that. And I was just like, OK, cool. It never. But you know what's weird is that. It didn't come off as like extremely gratuitous, like in terms of like it was just like a oh okay this character is sexy. It wasn't like a oh my god this game is like porn. It was more just like oh that's a thing you can express in pixel art. That's something I just wasn't aware of, you know. Um, and over time, like looking back on it, it's sort of like compared to what you see now in a lot of games, like in terms of sexualization of characters. My depending on the iteration of the KOF games, like it kind of comes off as like as classy as Chun Li does, as opposed to I don't know Ivy and Soul Calibur or you know the countless releases of Dead or Alive before they kind of like well let's tone that about, down. Yeah, what's funny about those games like Ivy and Soul Calibur? Like th- this afternoon, I was watching um, a conference uh, about. Uh, women in the video game press industry in France, and one of the, the the one of the journalists said that her favorite character in fighting games was actually Ivy, despite the number. Oh, of, cool! Uh, despite the number of centimeters, limited numbers of clothing that she is wearing, like uh, sometimes as far as two centimeters length for the whole top body, but. Uh, it remind, it's exactly what uh, Richmond said in a Twitter thread that he did, is that it really depends on the um, personality of the character and how powerful it feels, because of course it's fighting games, so it has to be a power fantasy in some way, and uh, yeah, Mai was super fun when you think about it, like a lot of yeah. a lot of flaming moves. She could fly. She could go. She could move around very easily. So it was very very cool when you think about it. Yeah. So I okay. So I want to say. Um, so first off, you know, Mai is famous for her bouncing boobs, but um, seeing them and I remember seeing them for the first time in King of Fighters '94. And you know, of course, teenage boy, you're like, oh. But like, also, like, it was artistically impressive. <laughs> like, I had never seen that expressed in a game like that before. Right. Like. Like and and like to your point, it was a really fun character, and um, I, I think that's really important to point out because uh, so in America it's really easy to assume that like that's a hundred percent for the male gaze, right? But it, it turns out um, in Japan she was really popular with with women, and in fact she was actually more popular with uh, female players than male, because uh, um, uh, do you guys remember Arcadia? Yeah. Arcade magazine. Yes. I, oh I man. The top source of fighting game news. Um, in 1997, 
uh, in August 1997, they had a reader poll of like uh, your your favorite female characters, and uh, for the the you know. Uh, you know, back then it was only uh, they, the only two categories were men and women, right? So all the female respondents, their number one character was Mai, and for for the men, she wasn't even in like the top ten. Uh, the men tended to like the more you know like prim and proper you know cute girl characters that you could take home to mom, and uh, women liked these really over the top like powerful. Yeah, like Mai was number one, Leona is number two, right? Like uh, Yuri is number three. Like they, they, they were more like upbeat, like in your face. So um, yeah, I, I, I think in a way Mai actually genuinely was the equivalent uh, of the, you know, feminine power fantasy. Like if, if, if young boys dreamed of being like this, you know, super muscle bound dude, like, you know, young girls could be like, hey, I want to be like this hot chick who like flies all over the place and like destroys everyone. Um, you know what's interesting uh, is that in this article, the men picked who they wanted to marry and that the women were picking who they wanted to be. And then I look at when this was made. This was made in what, like 97, like late 90s. It yeah. makes me think what age were these people and when were they born and what were they exposed to prior? Right. Like because if you're in your 20s in like, I guess, like the 90s, like late 90s, maybe you were born close to mid to late 70s. So maybe what you saw or maybe what you were like exposed to, like, I wonder if like like uh, some of the like Subicon Deca or Pink Violence yeah. films like had an influence on how they looked at these characters you know because when you look at it it's like yeah. my leona yuri vice these are all badass characters yeah. like these yeah. are all like characters that it's like you these are ones not to be fucked with and that's what a lot of those movies had back then where a lot of women that were not the uh status quo of like a stereotypical japanese woman who's like prim and proper and like yeah. you know delicate like they were just like man fuck you dude like i'm gonna do yeah. what i'm gonna do and a lot of snk characters a lot of female snk characters embody that so much so like it makes me wonder if there was like a a correlation to that um because I, I yeah I, I think that's absolutely the case because I, I think a lot of times when when people look at fan service and uh, sexuality and japanese stuff they're missing that context um, I, I think the reason that it comes off as just pure male gaze, male fantasy in America is that you're you're missing all that other stuff, like the the, the myriad representations of women uh, in you know Japanese media, in manga, anime, and movies that that you didn't get in America. Like there, you know, women yeah. have starred in action movies uh, in Asia prominently for for far longer than in in Hollywood. Yeah, like 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 my my grandfather, like you know, he, he I mean he is from like the world war ii generation like his favorite actor was uh, a woman who who played male roles in chinese movies back in the day like she would just play the leading man just because she That's was like, awesome you know uh, uh, it was a uh, uh, i want to say her name was a uh, ivy ling po i think ivy oh okay uh, this is definitely before like angela mao then oh yeah 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 she was born oh, in okay ivy ling po 
Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So she was a leading lady. Like she, she played women too, but she was an action star. Like my grandfather loved watching her. And, um, you know, like you said, in Japan, you had like the Sukaban, um, you know, the, 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 all, all that stuff. Like there's, yeah. not to mention just like the existence of shoujo manga. Right. Know, just how many like prominent, uh, you know, uh, uh, female authors there were like, there were, there was a whole range of like totally from, from hyper-sexualized to like not sexualized at all, like everything, right? There was a lot more variety to the yeah. representation of uh, women uh, in, 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 in Japanese pop culture uh, compared to, you know, like what we saw in video games uh, in, in, in the West. Yeah, it's, it's a lot more nuanced than people uh, tend to, to. It felt like, I don't know, something about I looked at Leona and Mai and Vice and then I saw 1997. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, there has to be some correlation here of of why uh this is a thing so i i found that really fascinating also just give me a quick second uh vice for kof 15 please please anyways yeah but uh, to, to come back to the, to the the topic of um sexy characters i think actually like i don't want to derail this whole episode onto fighting games but there were such a lot of sexy characters in fighting games and i remember it was back in 2011 i think uh in 11 12 in 12 2012 dead or alive 4 uh, 5 came out and if you remember correctly dead or alive 4 came out on the xbox 360 very early so it was probably like 2006 or 2007 and when and at the time i was co-organizing um uh, fighting games tournaments and i remember speaking with um with some uh with some players and i remember exactly that it was the first time I noticed so many female players and they were all playing Dead or Alive 5, mm. actually. It was very rare and I remember speaking with a few of them and uh, they said that uh, that they really enjoyed the characters and most a lot of them were playing female characters. And it's not like the, the thing you would associate uh, with Dead or Alive, like uh, the kind of... Uh, the, the series... I would say does not breath uh, um, respectability. I would say <laughs> like that, like that. Uh, but it really, really works. Actually, there's a wall. Like there's a wall um, scene. I would say of the wall group of people that want to play sexy female characters, sexy strong female characters, and I was like, it was well. It was very before, like uh, we had all these topics about female representations in the games. But already, Dead on Life Five was like a bit more, was on a, a um, I would say, a, a road to be perceived more seriously. Like they, yes, they made, you know, all absolutely. those all, all those posters, like I am a fighter, because the whole brand was damaged by the Dead or Alive X volleyball uh, game series. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I remember like the the. Um, the foc by focusing on this on the marketing aspect it actually rebalanced dead or alive to be 
a game about badass character and a power fantasy and not just a game about breast physics <laughs> which uh, <laughs> which was very good and after that they ruined everything with the following sequels like the, the when they introduced like child looking characters and said no no they're adults and stuff like that which was very weird and after that they tried again to you know be perceived as a respectable game series with Dead or Life 6 but it, it completely failed like and uh, that's that's so strange like that then there's a wall that was a tangent but yeah Dead or Life is very interesting in this like sexy erotic uh way yeah I I, I I just want to build off of that real quick um I do remember back in the day like at the odds reading an article um uh, written by a woman uh you know this was like right at the start of like the new games journalism movement and, um, you know, she was writing about female representation in games. Uh, I don't remember the name of the author, but I remember uh, she specifically brought up two examples. is Dead or Alive and Baldur's Gate, uh, which had just come out for the PS2. And she said that she actually enjoyed Dead or Alive because it was, like, playful. Like, it, uh, it's, it's yeah. obviously, like, very sexy, you know, pin up but it, like, was playful and the characters were cool, right? Um, and so, you know, it's... It is what it is, right? She could enjoy it. And then um, she brought up Baldur's Gate. I don't know if you guys ever played it for the PS2, but um, oh, no. there's a certain character at the beginning of the game. There's an innkeeper that is an elf. And she is just so, like, gratuitously, like, so porny looking. <laughs> like, it's so out of place. Because mm. everything else is, like, this gritty, dark, grim, medieval game. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, like, it's like, she just, like, her boobs are just, like, gigantic and they're just like hanging out and she's wearing like way too much makeup and um you know she was like yeah like that actually pulled me out of the game like that to her to, to this writer like that was an example of like the male gaze just like totally destroying yeah the mood. <laughs> like one of those that, oh, oh yeah that, that's something like you know how that our life is split between the that our life volleyball series and the um, the, the 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 fighting game series, and mm -hmm. the plot of the of uh, the last one the the last one that came out on PS4 is basically like one of the characters kidnapped uh, all the female characters and bring them to his island. And it's yeah, not Zach Island. Yeah, yeah, Zach Island. Yeah. And you're like, and I remember they, they played. Uh, I remember um, journalists playing with a, a female journalist, and she was like, "Oh my god, just like this storyline plot that is played as a joke is absolutely not a joke." And the problem is not like sexy bikini stuff like that. It's more about this kind of stuff being. Out, it's really out of place. Like, don't do that. You know, <laughs> like you can be sexy yeah. if you want, but don't do this kind of stuff. Like uh, that. Yeah, this yeah. guy kidnapped ten women and make and yeah. kill them. Yeah. On, like yeah. and 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 the, and the, the um, SNK SNK did the same recently with the heroines with the game with that has only female characters that have to wear skimpy outfits and it's very very like uh, out of place and out of touch like really really nice yeah yeah, yeah the worst part about it for me is the fact that like these things these concepts they could be done in cool and intriguing and respectful yeah. and amazing ways it's possible it's it's 100 percent possible it's like just before i just wrote in the chat i was saying like it is one of these things that we have to take like we have to take super seriously especially you know like just as 
people you know we, we wouldn't want to be like trying to purposefully you know like degrade or, or offend or just like harm any of the people that would be playing any of the games that we as creators would make yeah. or that people would be interested in but especially with respect to like characters character design too it's like the most important question to me as a vote was just like what do we mean to convey when we yeah. make anything and like when we're watching people make these things for example i know this was like a huge this was and is still a huge deal especially with respect to like fighting game character designs it's an ongoing set of problems within manga especially when we talk about like an hro oda for example like when we talk about all of the different ways in which like characters have been like drawn when they're female and then like when male characters are drawn they've got varying not just like body types but just like manners of being manners of speaking like they do obviously like intersect and cross over but the main point is just the fact that like this is isn't an issue that has no answers you know and whenever we speak to people so often who do very specifically say oh well you know like it's just a it's just a cool design though or or it's just a cool thing or or it's just a game like why can't they have like giant boobs and stuff it's just like they these things can be like enjoyed in some ways but at the same time it's like there are meanings to why it is that these things exist and how it Mm. is that they're made i think that very often we can just do so much better. People can do better. And I know for a fact that, like, it's very, very important. It's of paramount importance to me that, like, as a progressive person like myself, I just feel that, like, we can still strive for and reach for just betterness and challenge ourselves to do so. Not out of, like, you know, chagrin or kind of, like, begrudgingly having been, you know, told to do so. I want to make a character design that makes absolutely everybody think, hey, that looks sick. I would like that character, just, like, regardless. And, like, that would be, like, successful, you know, just to me in and of myself is what it is that I think that I would, like, you know, like to do, what it is that I like to see. But, like, I wouldn't necessarily want to at least, like, facilitate the sort of, um, the sort of continuation of things that like actively harm or like upset people just because we know that some that some of these you know can and do and you know Mm. even though some people do like them it sort of always just begs the question to me all right if people like this that's cool but also why but also people don't like this also why like people being fans of like blue mary for example right like that's a character which was in like the list which we just saw and when i'm looking at the character themselves they look awesome for people who don't know sort of like a short like blonde lady with a sort of like very high cut like a red top on and then like sort of really cool uh, belt going over like these long blue uh, leggings with like a with a yellow star on black belt and then just like cut sort of plain brownish shoes got hand wraps over blue gloves yeah like a very sort of quintessential like fighter type looking character but then you'll see some other characters who just look to try and convey the same thing but they do so in a way that as you as you mentioned before can quite literally sort of like pull you out of the game and out of the experience and it's like this doesn't have to happen you know like it doesn't have to be at the expense of the of the of the suspension of disbelief you know you don't have to do that every single time a thing that can be you know also in many ways sexual and can be celebrated can also be like you know just a very congruent and good design related to mm. the world that they're in and when these things are disparate yeah. it's, it's just so obvious yeah it's well so, it's yeah. I think I think the main thing that designers and teams have to do is read the room, um, yeah. read the design, look at look at what's really happening here, and you know because the thing is is that we we we're, we live in a world of games where Bayonetta exists, Mai exists, Chun Li exists. So it's not that you can't create um, characters that have a dash of sexuality or sensuality to them i think it's what comes with them the why 
and also just the presentation like uh thomas yeah. just posted some images here and i mean these these are instances where it's just like no like this is not you know these are the i'm not sure what games <laughs> these it's, are uh, called. It's, it's it's mortal kombat 11 it's scarlet in mortal yeah, kombat 11 and, she was a, a dlc character that, and she was basically like a, like the, the, what they called them the tit ninjas like ninjas yeah. in bikinis like like there's again there's a way that you can can do these things and i it's just like that first image just that hurts me physically like it causes me actual <laughs> like physical pain and i mean i think again it, it it comes with just taking the time to understand like okay when i make these designs other people are going to see them not just me um and taking account to what it is that we're trying to convey and uh you know go from there because like i said we have designs that are great that are sexual that do have characters with like curvaceous uh exactly. designs but at the same time like they're not when you look at them go oh my god i don't want to play this game whereas when i look at that first image like i don't want anything to do with that game like ever like just yeah. based on that image i just wouldn't you know yeah one of the more interesting things as well is to me um okay so the sort of uh not 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 necessarily like for subversion but like the wider inclusion of just like varying body types across like all types of character generally yeah for example even when we see a character like for example like azaria in overwatch like she's cool but like how many of her do we really like get but also not just of her specifically like thinking about it more so I've just been wondering myself just about like the ways in which these things can be not just like pushed but just further expanded like upon. I like I, I never played Zarya very much as a character, but like I like the way that she looked. She was a very interesting she, she yeah, she she's just a very interesting character. She had a really cool like particle cannon, like this this big graviton surge move, particle barriers. She she was a she was someone that implied the the weight and strength that she sort of like belied with her character and like the name and all of the rest of it like she she definitely had a, a gravitas towards her you know i believe that she was like some somewhat of a what was it like an olympic weightlifter or something that like that i believe or, i was gonna say how she had a she had a gravitas yeah. but she has a gravity cannon because yeah I was, exactly, yeah she it, it, she's a right, she's yeah. an olympic weightlifter in in russia exactly. yeah, in the story yeah having um, been around like actual like olympians too just to say it's like when people carry themselves with a certain type of a confidence like that's a real thing and like she had that very much you know she would walk into battle with like a kind of like a big smile on her face but also like a serious you know steely like temperament and i think that like especially when you're having characters that can at least not again like subvert expectation per se but like well, that can be added toward and that can sort of like bring about a more diverse and like different type of an approach to a type of a character i think I think it's just really cool and i think that just more of this is possible and is doable and i would just very much like to see the continuation of this throughout not just again like the sort of more triple a sides of development but we already see it quite a bit more so i think in different areas of like indie development too i think that one of the games which i'd love to talk about and would love to speak to someone involved in the development of said game a game called thirsty suitors i've mentioned uh, one of my other favorite people in writing and in, in, in games writing magna who exists on twitter she's she's absolutely amazing but like thirsty suitors just to mention it's a really cool stylish like story-driven adventure that unfolds through like turn-based battles they've got like skateboarding cooking all sorts but they mainly speak about like again like relationships and like what it means to have like you know 
reconciliatory, mm. reconciliatory moments with different exes and like mending broken friendships and stuff but like it's a it's a thing that can like speak about the idea of like sex and like sexualization and like relationships and like very adult themes but in a way that can be you know interesting and not just so to speak you know boring or palated or not not in a way that's just sort of like seen too much before is what i'm saying okay. so yeah people do all sorts of cool stuff Folks, is it is it finally the episode when we first we we first sorry for my accent on 80s old characters like finally is it the one can we can we uh, do 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 I have the the, the <laughs> do we have the authorization to say that how horny we are for all characters in Hades? All right, you got to go. I mean, I will. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, absolutely. Like, like, like so many great characters in that. Like yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, if I think I think it's basically the most honest game I've seen. The most I think 80s is basically the game where I've seen the most people being horny on the game characters and and that and for a long time. Like because we we've planned, you know, of we we digged up a lot of topics like the, the overwatch porn scene or stuff like that. But we didn't thought about how 80s had like everyone uh, completely white when the game came out. It was absolutely incredible. While the game having absolutely no sex scene or no explicit erotic scenes or stuff like that. Well, there is it, one, it is I would true say. that the, the renditions yeah. of the renditions of the gods in Hades are very attractive both genders yeah. are are very notably more attractive than you would normally depict them mm -mm -mm. so i think that's probably part of it <laughs> yeah like, like like i remember reading people saying things like oh my god this game made me reconsider my heterosexuality or stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah that's probably the game but yeah yeah there's a lot that, that so it shows there's a lot there's a way, you know, there's a, a lot of exploration to be made to, to do sexy things that are actually not egregious, you know, egregious. Mm -hmm. I, don't I also think, yeah, I also, cool. yeah. yeah I, I also think, uh, you know, as a, as someone who has, who does character design uh, for different things, you know, I think regardless of what type of project it's for, uh, I think just as a person who designs characters, you should ask yourself questions about the foundations of your influences. Uh, what you want to convey, uh, mm. why you want to convey them. I mean, I know for myself yeah. personally, um, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, James, you cut out for a second. Okay, am I back? So yeah, you're yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just start over the okay. sentence. Sorry, yeah, sorry. sorry about that. Yeah. Um, cool. So what I was saying was, you know, if I'm gonna make the women hot, then the men have to be hot. Like, I can't just make, you know, it's to me, it's just like, well, why can't everybody be beautiful in different diverse ways? Like, and I think that conversation you, that you have with yourself as a designer and artist is going to vary. It's going to be different. There are going to be re different reasons for that. But I think at least for me, like, I try to look at it through a lens of like, well, why not make everybody look cool? I mean, when you look at Hades, it's like everybody's hot in that game. Like, it, ju it just is. It's and there's nothing to debate about it. It's nothing. It's just everybody is a thirst trap in that game. Everybody, mm. um, and you know that artist obviously has different influences that sort of culminate to create that and to work within that game. But I think 
uh, artists and designers, you know, just kind of ask yourself questions about like why you make things the way that you make them. And no, there's no perfect answer. Like, you know, everybody's going to have their own uh, perspective on it. But, you know, at least for me, I'm just like, well, just if you're going to make these people hot, make them hot. You know, if they're if, if that's part of it, then that's fine. If they're not, if they're supposed to be hot, that's fine. If they're supposed to be regular, make that interesting, make that cool. Um, Cause I think there's a lot of potential in, in, in taking things that people, I guess, take for granted and making them cool too. Yeah. I think the, the artist, the, the character designer of Aedis and art director is Gen Z. And mm -hmm. she talked uh, a lot about, because of course people asked her like, do you, do you realize how, how, everybody is sexy in this game and she was like yeah but when we started the game i actually wanted to have everybody naked like all characters yeah. would have been naked yeah. <laughs> and after that they realized that maybe they will not be able to be like published in any console if they were doing stuff so they, they 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 scaled down but it was like like you said it was like they had a plan she had a plan like the plan was there's this whole you know cult of the body and uh, of the of the, the the body's beauty in the in the greek representation so we're going to go all the way <laughs> respecting this but uh yeah that's uh, that's so funny that's a funny anecdote yeah uh, uh, <clears throat> um <laughs> i think uh someone just mentioned uh, we're, we're we're heading into 90 minutes here do, do we want to maybe wrap stuff up and maybe do a part two that sounds like a good idea yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely oh, yeah. Say, yeah. it's so much yeah. to say we really did go on but it's just so much fun you know well, we just dove right in yeah. and here we are pa yeah. part of it is is that uh we we somewhat focused uh, a lot on how characters are depicted and also how society and the media uh influence how that works but there's a whole world of just talking about how has it been integrated well in the games? And we really didn't even talk that much about oh, bad. about, yeah. about <laughs> like sex itself and whatever. So yeah. it, it yeah. turns out the iceberg of, of this topic is not surprising, but surprising yeah. at the same yeah. time. I have a, a very terrible. I have a game that made a terrible sex scene, and I can't wait to explain to you how uh, uneasy it was to witness. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. God, this, okay. was, this was a good one. This was a good one. Okay, right, so part part two. Next time, our favorite and worst <laughs> sex scenes in games, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll that'll yeah. work. It definitely won't be awkward for everybody, including our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, hell no, nah, it's all good. We're inclusive on the, on this podcast. You know what I mean? We will okay. talk about this a little bit. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 <sighs> All right, Richmond, ship us out, brother. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I dropped out for a minute there. Oh, uh, cool. All right, no so problem. we're going to wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, just take us, take us on out. Yep. All right, all right. Okay, so thank you, dear listener, for uh, hanging out with us, you know, spending some time with us. Um, I always have fun hanging out with you guys. Thank you guys so much for uh, doing this podcast week after week. It's always a pleasure. Um, yeah, so uh, if you are enjoying this podcast, um, you can keep up with us on uh, Twitter. If you want to know when the latest podcasts go out, you can follow us at Art Eater Podcast. That's A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R -E -E Podcast. 
uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, send us a message there. Let us know uh, how we're doing. If you have any questions about the podcast, you know, any, any requests for future podcasts, you can shoot us a line there. Um, and if you want to catch up on the previous podcast, you can go to our website, arteater.com. That's A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R.com. Um, all of our old podcasts are on there, as well as, uh, you know, written long form articles, uh, lots of good stuff on there. Uh, yeah. And um, I'm your host, Richmond. Uh, really happy to be here every week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D underscore L-E-E, Richmond Lee. I'm on there uh, way too much. <laughs> if you message me, I'll probably respond to you. Um, but yeah, I, I love it there. I've made a lot of uh, great friends on there. Uh, super happy to be there. Um, yeah, so guys, uh, let let everyone know um, what you're up to and how, how uh, they can follow along. Uh, hey, um, I'm Sean. You can follow me on Twitter at Daborsk, D-A-B-O-R-S-K. Uh, as I mentioned, I uh, talk a lot about PC gaming because I uh, lead design teams at NZXT. But in terms of uh, what I'm doing, uh, a main thing that I've been spending a lot of time on outside of, uh, you know, design and playing games and stuff is I've been doing a lot of mentoring on adplists.org. Mm. Um, something I'm actually very proud of, uh, which I had no idea was happening. I was just named to the ADP list 100, 100 most impactful mentors. Awesome. So I, yeah. I just oh, yeah. sit and talk it. to people. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not really like, it's, a, it's more of a humble brag, but I actually am proud of it only because like, I didn't know it was going to happen. And uh, my, like my ment mentees, uh, actually had to nominate me for it so one of those things where uh i was surprised by it but it's also um i'm approaching five thousand mentorship minutes um so at this point now, now i'm kind of like addicted to it when i'm like well i gotta keep <laughs> keep pushing i gotta hit ten thousand now i gotta get whatever but ultimately it's a, it's a really great site uh adp list stands for amazing design people list uh but there are marketing people product people designers so it's entirely free it's for people trying to get into design uh, i have a lot of mentees that are trying to get into gaming or trying to get their first job so highly recommend that you check me out there you can find the link on twitter or search for me um otherwise um just to mention i i do have a book coming out in the beginning of next year uh that i will talk more about but it, it is the manuscript is done it's sent to the publisher covers done yes. uh so i'm gonna start nice. ramping up talking about it um uh, i i can't say much it is about mobile design philosophy uh so uh yes that's me awesome <laughs> all right uh hey everybody once again this is james stanley the resident fighting game expert in the art eater podcast uh when i am not playing fighting games I am actually doing a lot of character design work, storyboarding for animation and games, as well as illustration. Uh, if you are not aware, um, I actually do have a Patreon where you can actually uh, get access to tutorials for how I approach my illustration work, uh, if you haven't seen it or you are familiar with it. Um, it also gives you some behind the scenes look at a, uh, a project that is very dear to my heart, which is a fighting game that uh, I'm actually putting a lot of heart and soul into. So uh, if you're interested in any of that stuff, uh, my Patreon is actually patreon.com slash bpkunuichi. Um, there are some samples on my Tumblr under the same name, except there is an underscore in my handle, which is B-E-E-F-Y underscore K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. And if you like cool stuff, 80s uh, anime, Hong Kong cinema, Vaporwave, then and uh, I cook from time to time, so sometimes I talk about that stuff. So if you're into any of that, uh, follow me there, and I will see you on the internets. 
Hey, so uh, I don't have anything interesting to plug lately. Like I've been just working and uh, actually reducing my involvement in uh, in monitoring of front-end and web frameworks and stuff like that because it's it turns to be a bit sour and dull. So I'm just gonna say like follow those others great people and uh, just uh, just enjoy what you all do what you're doing. I can't wait for us to do the. Um, end of the year uh, games we played uh, episode or stuff like that something along those lines because I have a lot of games so I'm just going to play Tactics Ogre Reborn now and uh, <laughs> and that's all like don't follow me on Twitter or anything <laughs> just ju- just book a session with Shaun instead and uh, that will be great like <laughs> oh my god that's right alright I also can't wait for that but Oh, what a great episode for real. Alright, so sup everybody, it's Adam. Please be here once again. As always, it's your favorite game, level designer, pixel artist, and also international taekwondo fighter. So it was great to be back with the crew once again. We had a great time and what it is we picked for this specific episode. I'm really hoping that it hit home with some people. I really hope that everything that was said here was to everyone's liking, but not only just that, I'm just really glad that we got to express ourselves because this was a really interesting and cool topic that like, yeah, we, we, we care about a lot. So I, I definitely hope that people dug this one, but yeah. I go by AJ on Twitter. You can find me over there at AJ Mattis. That's A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. I will share and retweet all kinds of cool art and creative projects that I see. If anyone wants slash needs any pixels related work or help I'm, also, I'm always active at the moment so that's great if you want to get in touch please do so and yeah if you liked anything that i had to say please drop me a follow so you can hear some more or send in a nice message because people do that sometimes too yeah uh that was great i love this episode so much uh take care stay safe dear listener and uh, yeah we'll see you next time bye peace see you later bye, bye everybody stay safe.